There's a great song that I want to tell you about. My very favorite song written by Paul Simon called America. And it's a story of two people, Paul and Kathy, and they're young, eager to go out and discover what it is that makes the world tick. Can you imagine how many people there are in the sea of sky at that age? Young 20s, late teens, into their 30s, eager to just find what is it that makes this world good? I want to discover for myself how it works. Continuing to take a look at the I Am passages in the book of John. And if you recall, the I Am passages in the book of John are a series of sayings of Jesus that his very close friend John collected, where Jesus identified himself with a phrase that begins with the words, I am. And it's one of the distinctives about John's account of Jesus or John's gospel is that he records these sayings of Jesus and they're, they're unique to him. John's a great editor. He's very, very careful on how he collects the activities that Jesus did and the things that Jesus said. And he does it for a very clear purpose. And it's a purpose that I want to return to at the very end of what we're going to talk about. But the one that we're going to look at today, the I am phrase, is this. Jesus uses these words. It's found in John chapter 8. And it's in the middle of a fairly long passage where uh, Jesus is at a, a festival in Jerusalem. And he's addressing the crowd there. And in John chapter 8, he uses these words. It's a long passage. I'm only going to give you the very beginning of it. Again, Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. So that's our passage. And I want to begin by saying, I think it's one of the most important things ever written in the history of man. Big statement by me. But it's an incredible truth, it's an incredible claim, uh, and it's incredibly important for us to grasp just how critical this is for us. So let me just read it one more time with those thoughts in mind, that this is one of the biggest written phrases in the history of mankind. Again, Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. I want to do a couple of things. We're going to take a quick look at the book of Isaiah. And then I just want to look at uh, three stories. Two of them are songs from my life. One of them is an episode from my life. And then we'll return to that thought about what, what John was doing in his, uh, in his biography. This notion of light, it comes all the way through the Bible. 
the notion of darkness versus light. And I thought when I was preparing for this that I could talk about a bunch of different things, sort of the moral nature of it. Um, but one of the things I wanted to begin with is not that. It's our need for light. Isaiah, writing about mm, seven, eight hundred years before Jesus, Isaiah was a prophet. Prophets did a couple things. They were primarily preachers, but one of the things they talked about was what is God's purpose, both now for the people of that time and into the future. So we think of prophecy as a prediction of the future. That is included, but it's included kind of as a, a means or a, a method of doing what they want to do. That they want to do is tell us what is God doing in the history of mankind, past, present, future. And so Isaiah writes this in Isaiah chapter 9. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them has light shone. And then down further, a passage which uh, we read often at Christmas. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. That wasn't something that had occurred in the past. It wasn't something that was occurring then. It was Isaiah saying, this is going to happen. That a people who walk in darkness will see a great light. Those who dwell in a land of deep darkness. On them, a light is shone. And then we have Jesus coming and saying, I am the light of the world. Let's take a look at a couple different things. One of the things I wanted to start with was a, a song that uh, I really like. It's from the movie, A Star is Born. So the movie's been remade a couple of times. Uh, we're on the third iteration, I think. And the third one was uh, a great sensation a couple of years ago. Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga starring in it. And you may know the story. It's about the star who meets a young woman and mentors her and her stars on the ascendancy and his is declining and that's kind of what the movie's about but it's about other things as well and it's about relationships and and people loving each other and the two of them when they first meet uh, they're maybe where you've been at some point in your life and I know where I've been they fall in love so Bradley Cooper sings to Lady Gaga, tell me something, girl. Are you happy in this modern world? Or do you need more? Is there something else you're searching for? And she responds. I can think this is a thing that a lot of women could sing to a lot of guys. Tell me something, boy. Aren't you tired trying to fill that void? Or do you need more? Ain't it hard keeping it so hardcore? 
And the answer they both give to each other is, yeah, I do. And I think I've found it. And they fall in love. And they leave the shallow, which is the name of the song. Lady Gaga sings, I'm off the deep end. Watch as I dive in. I'll never meet the ground. Crash through the surface. And then this beautiful line, where they can't hurt us. We're far from the shallow now. I don't know if that's been your experience in life. It's probably the experience of most of us that we, we find someone. Or maybe we're just longing to find someone. And we think that emptiness is gone. The hollowness is gone. We're somewhere where they can't hurt us now, but life's not like that. In the movie, it doesn't continue like that for Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga. Um, the trials of this life, they want to love one another. They struggle to, and they can't. It isn't the case that they've gone where they can't be hurt. They get deeply, deeply hurt. I know I'm, I, I remember the very first time I fell in love. I was uh, in grade 12 in high school, and there was a school band in Calgary, and I was in the school band in Vancouver, and we had an exchange trip with that school band, and the school band from Calgary came, and we, when they arrived, first night they were there, my band put on a beach party for their band at Spanish Banks. And there was the bonfire down at the beach, and there was a young, lovely young flautist. I'd spotted her earlier, Herb Besson, who went on to be a great jazz trombonist in New York. And I, were, I was never a great anything. But Herbie and I were sitting there, and we could, looking out over the band in the afternoon, I'd spotted a flautist, and I'd said, she's pretty cute, Herb. And there at the beach party, she was just sitting a little ways away from me, and I said to her, this log is softer. And she came over and sat beside me on my softer log. That is probably the corniest line that's ever been used in the history of wooing. But it worked, and Heather and I are still together to this day. And it was uh, been wonderful. I think I was probably like Bradley Cooper. I was young and searching and eager, and I was ecstatic. And uh, that notion... We've crashed through, we're going into the deep end where they can't hurt us now. But life delivers up lots of struggles and difficulties, and, and, and that's the case for Heather and I. They've been there. It's just that continuing to feel that you're looking for a place of light, and you've got darkness, and how do you get there, has been present in our married life. It's just the way it is. There's a great song, second song, that I want to tell you about. It's another one from my uh, youth, my teenage years. I think it's maybe, in, my, in some ways, my very favorite song written by Paul Simon. Uh, you may remember it. It's one of you know, his most celebrated songs. It's called America. And it's a story of two people, Paul and Kathy. They're young 
Paul leaves his town of Saginaw and hitchhikes for four days to reach Pittsburgh, eager to go out and discover what it is that makes the world tick. Can you imagine how many people there are in the sea of sky at that age? Young 20s, late teens, into their 30s. They've left Alberta, they've left Vancouver, they've left Ontario, they've left Australia, wherever it is. They've left Pemberton. Eager to just find what is it that makes this world good. I want to discover for myself how it works. And maybe they're going to find it uh, skiing. Maybe they're going to find it with relationships. But they're going to discover for themselves what the joy is. So this young fellow hitchhikes for four days from Saginaw to Pittsburgh. By the time he gets there, Saginaw seems like a dream to me now. I've gone to find America. So they board a Greyhound in Pittsburgh. And like a nice young couple, they're full of humor and mirth. They're laughing on the bus. She says to him, see that man in the gabardine suit? He's a spy. I say, be careful, his bow tie is really a camera. But as they travel on this bus, searching for America, searching for meaning, they're sitting there and he says, toss me a cigarette. I think there's one in my raincoat. We smoked the last one an hour ago. So I looked at the scenery. She read her magazine. The moon rose over an open field. Kathy, I'm lost. I said, though I knew she was sleeping. I'm empty and aching, and I don't know why. There's the phrase that just struck me when I first heard it, when I was a teenager. And it's one of the most honest phrases from a songwriter you can imagine. I'm empty and I'm aching, and I don't know why. I think as we get older, we kind of bury that. If we're honest, at times it shows up, but we bury it. I'm empty and I'm aching and I don't know why. He starts to count all the cars on the New Jersey Turnpike. All of them come to look for America. He just looks around at the world. Everyone, he says, is in the same boat as me. We're all searching. We have those words of Jesus. He's going to reread them. I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. When I was uh, a little bit older, Heather and I had two boys, and we loved every year to take them on what we thought were epic vacations. They were uh, really a lot of fun. I, now one of the highlights of my life is looking back on the great vacations the boys and Heather and I took. And one year we were going to go over to Vancouver Island, and it was going to be a big backpacking excursion in Strathcona Park, about a one-week loop 
but it wasn't on trails and the weather was really awful and I thought a week of bushwhacking and bad weather mm, maybe we'll change this and so we did a bunch of smaller day things instead one of which was to go over to Tassus on the west coast to where I had heard there was a cave so we headed over to this cave and found it at that time you just had to ask locals in Tassus where it was we got there found a little crack in the rock and uh, we're about to go in when Heather and David both announced that they were not interested in going in down into a dark, narrow, very low elevation, cramped cave that we had no idea where it went. Um, and so it consisted of just Graham and I going on. We had one light between us. And it starts off as a bit of a cavern, but you could see why they didn't want to go, because as the cavern got towards the end, it just kept getting narrower and narrower until at the very back of it, it was a little slit in the rock that you had to sort of clamber through, and then it just wandered down from there. It's not an enormous cave as caves go, but it was for us pretty exciting. Absolute darkness. There's, when you get in a cave, not even the slightest bit of light. All we had was my flashlight, which was enough. And so Graham and I went on and on. Graham following me. I had the light. And he was comfortable because there was light there for him to be able to follow. At the end of that cave, we came into a cavern and it started to open back up again. And there was a river running through the cave now. And you couldn't, with the light of the flashlight, quite tell what was going on, but we were walking in shallow water. But as you came out and a little bit of light came in from the outside to aid to the bit of light we had from this flashlight, you realize that the walls and the floor under the river and the ceiling were all absolutely gleaming marble. Not stag stalactites and stalagmites, like polished marble. It was, you know, I've been in, like many of you, you travel around the world and you visit palaces and art galleries and things like that, and palaces have some pretty spectacular rooms. Uh, this one was more spectacular. This was running water over a floor of perfect polished marble that had been polished for millennia by this water. And when the water flowed more deeply, it polished the walls and it polished the ceiling. So everything gleamed with a brightness that you can hardly imagine. It was spectacular. Go to Tassus and see it. It's great. It's worth going couldn't see any, any of it without the light. All you'd have seen is darkness. When I think of my life, I don't know about you, what do I do with the dark periods in my life? Which, to be honest, are big ones and smaller ones. There's times when it's really difficult and very, very dark, but there's 
the good times, the path ahead. What do I do morally on this question, on that question? How do I treat my wife? What do I do with this and that? Who do I listen to in the world? I feel like the people that Isaiah was talking about, people walking in darkness. There isn't clarity around all of these things. And Jesus comes and says, whoever follows me will not walk in darkness. So here's my question to you. Was he just writing, saying that to the people that were at that festival in Jerusalem that day? They heard him and they responded. You might say, well, he said that to them. Of what possible relevance is that to me 2,000 years later? You know, I meet a lot of people who, who are spiritual, by which they mean they're really interested in spiritual things. I meet a lot of people who believe in God. I meet some who don't, but most people I meet believe in God. And they're anxious around spiritual things, by which I mean they want to be attuned to what's going on beyond just the material world. The thing I'm going to invite you to do if you're in that camp is to go one step further and do what happened in that song, The Shallows. Dive in the deep end. Jesus was not saying that to the people that he was hearing. And John makes that clear in his gospel. At the end of his gospel, he says that he recorded these things so that you could know that Jesus is, not was, this is after his death, is the Son of God. And so believing it, you could have life in his name. You could be walking in the light. I wouldn't know what to do this year. I still often don't. The only thing that really gives me a lot of guidance in 2021 is trying to think about and listen to the voice of Jesus and say, what do I believe? What is he showing me? He's showing me that life is short, eternity is long. That there is an eternal purpose to what God does. That I can have an eternal life. That I can live with him and those who have gone before me forever. That there is a new heaven and a new earth coming. That there is rebirth. That death is not the end. That's light in a dark world. That gives me real guidance as I try and get through this world. I don't want to be saying, I'm empty and aching and I don't know why. It's way, way, way better to be saying, thank you, Lord Jesus, for being a light that guides me in what is a world that's often dark. So that's my prayer for me, that I would just listen to his voice. It's my prayer for you. For those of you who are followers of Jesus, dive in the deep end. Follow as well as you can, because there's a light ahead. Just like Graham had to follow me in the cave closely, or it's pitch black. 
where the light was, was safe. And that picture's come back to me often. I need to follow that close. If you're not yet a follower of Jesus, dive in the deep end. Not the shallow end. Shallow end is, I'm spiritual, I believe in God. The deep end is, I stake my all, I run, plant my flag in the ground, I say I'm a follower of Jesus. Dive in the deep end. Thanks for watching, thanks for listening. Have a happy day.